bring your Bible this morning? Let's go over, if you brought it, to the book of Matthew, the 10th chapter, Matthew chapter number 10. I've been stirred recently in my heart about some of the things that, that, that the Spirit of God so graciously, some of the revelations that He so graciously in years past have given us utterance for that have been such a vital part of the foundation of this church. You know, after 20 years, you, you, uh, you, you've been over a few county roads and hay rides, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, there's been some, some big truths that have been a vital part of this, the blessing on this church um, and what God's doing here and able to do here and the unity here and so forth and so on. And uh, some of those truths just, I, I long for some of the newer ones to be able to get in on what, what some of the foundations that were laid in years gone by. And that has been a vital, just a heart cry, Lord, how can I preach all that we've preached all these 20 years and bring those that are new into some of the things we've learned? Uh, but, you know, and that brings me, I guess, to uh, a, a, the subject of the gem vault. I don't know if you are familiar with it or aware of it, but I would encourage you to go on there, some of the truths that we've preached in years gone by that have been such a vital part of this congregation's spiritual development, uh, that, that the Lord graciously revealed to us, Amen. are on that vault. Amen. Uh, and many, 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 many things. I get sometimes, I get to looking at it or I go into a service where we're at another church and we got our product table out there and I'm thinking, they need all this. Yeah. I remember that series. Yeah. They need that. I remember that. They need that. Yeah. They need that. Yeah. And the Lord, the Lord gave us these things as foundational pillars and, and, and vital spiritual truths that he wanted us to get to take us where he wants to go. And we want to bring everybody along, not just where we're going, but the things that have been uh, put down that we're standing on. Am I making any sense to you? So it's vital that some of these things either be uh, captured, you know, digitally like we, like we have been uh, doing and putting on the vault, or they be re-preached again. But how many of you know you can't preach the last 20 years in, uh, until you, for another 20 years, it'll take you another 20 years. But these things are on that vault. Hallelujah. The Lord gave us that utterance and that revelation in order to uh, lay the foundation that, that we're standing on. You know, there are graces on churches uh, based on the revelation that God gave them. We all have revelation. I mean, every church has a degree of revelation. We don't have all the revelation either. How many of you know we have revelation along certain lines? <clears throat> and uh, and uh, there's grace on churches according to revelation. And so God has developed this congregation spiritually by giving that utterance, giving those truths. Amen. And, and so those things, I want to just encourage you, that vault is, is precious. Uh, there's many, many, many hours of prayer and seeking God and fe feeding on the word uh, represented on that vault. And I encourage you to, to, to not let it just sit out there and, and, and twist in the wind. You know what I mean? Go, go, go grab those truths. Go get a hold of them. And one of the truths that I want to, I just had a prompt. It kept coming up in my heart. And I'm, Lord, is that the way, direction you want me to go? And, you know, I get on something else and then I get quiet and come up again. I want to get on to one of the truths that, that God has so helped us with here. And that is the truth of the local church and the importance of the local church. And the pastor. Yes, amen. Oh, it's helped me in my life so much. My life is different because I was able, God was able to get through to my head. My mom said it's thick, so it's, God, it's good God stuck with me. But get through to my understanding that God has somebody to help me. And he's anointed somebody to help me. Without the people that God's brought into our lives and, and understanding that, that God brought them into our lives to help us and minister to us and uh, without learning how to receive them and properly give place to what God wants to use them to do in my life, uh, I wouldn't be where I am. So I'm so grateful God gave me this truth. Um, it's not just for you, it's for me, it's for every believer. So we want to get into that a little bit today. 
and uh, just bring some new ones up to speed a little bit. Uh, I've watched people languish and struggle and be kicked from pillar to post. And, and it's not always this case, but in, some, in many, many cases, I see that it's for one reason and one reason alone. They honor, they honor natural relationships more than spiritual relationships. And they don't properly discern that God has, you know, well, let's just, I, I, we're going to Matthew, you just hold your place there. But let's think about Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter four talks about God set these ministries, these fivefold ministry offices in the church. And uh, he said that uh, he gave the apostle, prophet, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So he set them in the church for us, the saints. And these ministry gifts are for, in other words, God anoint, God called them and anointed them with us in mind. Isn't that an amazing thought? The anointing upon them is not because God had them in mind. The anointing upon them was because God had me or you in mind. The anointing within them was to bless their lives individually, to guide them in their own lives. How many of you know there's the anointing within and the anointing upon in the scriptures? Bible talks about out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This spoke of the spirit. That's the anointing within you. That's to guide you. That's to teach you. That's to comfort you. That's to do all those things Jesus said he would do. And that's for the individual in their own personal lives to, to, to follow the Lord themselves. But then there's an anointing comes upon people. And whenever there's an anointing comes upon someone, especially in these fivefold ministry offices, that's not because God has them in mind. It's because God has somebody else in mind. Yes, sir. Amen. And he said there, it's for the body of Christ. And so uh, he put these gifts in the church. These, he mentions the fivefold ministry offices. He put them in the church because uh, he knew that we needed them. He, somebody's anointed to help me. And when I got a hold of that and, rec- and learned to recognize that and learned to realize I'm not an island all to myself. I'm not a lone ranger just trying to go out here and, and, and pioneer paths of, of revelation and faith that other people have already pioneered. God has already revealed some things to them. God has already shown them some things and he's anointed them to preach it and teach it. And, and if I'll connect where he's telling me to connect to, I'll be able to uh, get along further and get along quicker and get along better and won't stop my toe so often. Learning the hard way. How many of you know as parents that your children don't think so, but if they'll listen to you, they can avoid a lot of hardship. Yes, sir. They can avoid a lot of mistakes. You know, children like to think parents are old fogies and they don't know anything. You know, this younger generation is much smarter than the older generation. But as soon as they turn about 25, they realize that their parents got real smart all of a sudden. That's the truth. That's the truth because they finally developed all those brain cells. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Some develop later than others, but anyway, but, but that's, that's those truths are true spiritually. Somebody's anointed to help me. Somebody, God had me in mind when he set these gifts in the church and my job is to recognize where I fit in the body of Christ and to receive, and first of all, that, what that is, is discerning where our place is in the body of Christ and where these gifts are that, that feed our lives. Discern it, then receive it properly, and then honor it properly. And that's not a, a scheme to bless preachers. That's a plan from heaven in order to bless our lives. And bless all of us as sheep. We're all, we're all sheep. I have a pastor. Uh, I have people that speak into my life. Yeah, amen. amen. And they're God appointed, God ordained. And I marvel at how, how they're, they're, they're equipped whenever I receive them properly. They're equipped to speak into my life. I, mar- I constantly marvel at it. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. I could listen to 500 other preachers and not get 10% of what I get out of my pastor. And that's nothing against other preachers. They're in their place. They're doing what they're supposed to do. It's just that I'm not directly 
connected to them like I am where, where my pastor is. The Bible says that we can't say, none of us in the body of Christ can say to any other part of the body, I have no need of you. So we're not saying that we have no need of these other ministries. But if you listen to your spirit and you, you pay attention to the leadings of the Lord, he'll lead you to where you are to be fed because there's equipment there to feed you. Amen. 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 And we're going to look at that in the scriptures a little bit, if that's all right. Here in Matthew, did you find Matthew chapter number 10? Let's look at it together. Not like we've ever read it before. Let's look at it like we've never seen this before. Matthew 10, look what he said. He that receives, look at verse number 40. Uh, he that receives you, Jesus is speaking here. He's sending out uh, the apostles. He that receives you, and this is true about all believers, receives me. Now, let's just stop right there. People say, and it sounds spiritual, but they don't know it's unscriptural. They say, all I need is Jesus. Well, yeah, I mean, for salvation, no man can save you. We understand that. We understand he's the healer, not, not any man. We understand, you know, in a sense, we understand what they're saying. But really, it's not completely scriptural. Uh, if, if all we need is Jesus, then why on earth did he anoint these apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and set them in the church? Are they set there to be uh, just ignored? Huh? Are they supposed to just be over here speaking into the air and nobody's listening? No, they are set. They are him. I'm not saying they're the savior. That's not what I mean. But, but he, when he left, he gave anointings that were on him to different ones. And there's multitudes. Don't misunderstand me. But that, that, uh, that are anointed with part of what was on him. And so he said, whenever you receive them, you receive him. Come on, somebody. All I need is Jesus. Well, then that means you, that means you need who he's anointed to help you because that's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. My pastor, Pastor Nancy, that's Jesus. I didn't say in the flesh, that's Jesus. I meant that's, that's Jesus, the head of the church, the chief shepherd, taking care of my life through somebody he's anointed to help me. And people struggle with this because they think, well, you're drawing attention to a person. Well, you got to rightly divide this. I understand there's wrong, there's, there's errors in this area. I understand that. But what we're talking about is not the person. We're talking about the equipment on the person, the spiritual endowment on the person. Uh, if you want to look at it, you can turn with, turn there now, but uh, I'm not going to turn there. You can write it down or look at it later, however you want to look at it. But it says in the book of Romans, the 11th chapter, the 13th verse, Paul said he was an apostle to the Gentiles. And then he said, I magnify my office. I magnify my office. Now, what does that mean? I magnify. One translation says, I lay great stress upon the importance of my office. In other words, he was telling the people what God, what, what was, what God had in mind by anointing him and calling him and what they could get out of it. Jesus preached the anointing on his life. He said, the spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to preach and teach and minister. And he said, here's what you can get out of it. It'll heal the sick. It'll minister to the brokenhearted. He described the job description of the anointing. Hallelujah. And that's not drawing attention to a person. It's drawing attention to the anointing. Yes. And so he said, he that receives here in verse number 40, he that receives you receives me. He that receives me receives him that sent me or the father God, because God had sent him receiving him was receiving God. Whenever he sent these men or women, of course, God uses women. Then he's then we, we, when, when we receive them, we're receiving him and God too. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, the word bishop in the New Testament, it's also translated overseer. But if you look it up, 
It literally in the Greek means a visit. It's a visitation. It's a visitation from God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, you didn't know Jesus himself was a visitation to this earth. And Jesus said to Jerusalem, you didn't know the time of your visitation. He's talking about his own life and specifically his earthly ministry. How God anointed him and he stood in all fivefold ministry offices. He called himself a visitation to the nation of Israel. And he said, because they didn't recognize the time of their visitation, they were spiritually deficient in some things. And even, and they ended up losing their nation and losing, losing out with God, really. Well, every man that God calls and God's anoints, God anoints is a visitation. Isn't that right? You know, Smith Wigglesworth was a visitation. Uh, Howard Carter was a visitation. You know, you, you just think about all these men. John Wesley, uh, he's a visitation. Uh, Martin Luther, he's a visitation. God anointed and visited these men and sent them to the body of Christ with a message or with an anointing for, to, to assist the work of God and assist the people of God. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And by receiving them, we're receiving him. That's the truth. That's the truth. Amen. Amen. You remember he said, uh, he said, go and uh, remember he talked about, I'm trying to think of the verse right now. Remember he talked about, uh, you go visit the sick and do so forth and, 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 and so forth. And, and, uh, and then they'll be able to stand before the Lord and, and he'll, he'll say, you know, I, I sent a visitor to you. And he said, when did you visit me? And he said, whenever I sent that person, I sent you. I'm trying to remember those verses. They're not coming to me right. But you remember what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, we, we, the, the problem we have so many times is we know people after the flesh rather than after the spirit. And we value natural relationships higher than spiritual connections in the body of Christ. There are such things as divine connections in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 talks about uh, there in uh, that passage, from whom the whole body, from from Jesus, the head, the whole body, having uh, joints and bands connecting one another. You remember that? Well, I'm going to go over there and read it. There are such things as divine connections in the Bible, and we need to understand it. It'll greatly help our faith. (laughs) because a lot of times people struggle in faith. They're trying to use their faith outside of these divine connections. Whenever that connection was designed to help their faith. From whom the whole body, verse 16, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, circle the word joint, supplieth. So there are divine joinings or connectings that are in the plan of God for all of our lives. The body of the physical body is a example of the body of Christ. And your physical body, no member of your physical body floats along outside the body in the air. It's all connected. Your arm doesn't float in the air three feet away from you. It's connected. And that's the way the body of Christ is. We're all connected. My right, uh, my, my right elbow has very little fellowship with my left big toe, but it's connected. It's in the same body. Maybe when I was a baby, it got around to fellowship and together. I don't know, but since that time, not much. Amen. So there are parts of the body you might not ever know in this life. I mean, if you met up with them, they're part of the body and you say, hey, we're one, we're joined together. But that doesn't mean you, you, you're going to ever see them again or they will ever speak into your life. But there are places and there are people that there, it is a regular thing day in, day out where there's, somebody has a, a supply into your life and a voice into your life. And it's true for me, just like it's true for you. And I tell you, you're not taking my divine connection away from me. I'll put all kinds of things on the chopping block to keep that divine connection. 
If natural relationships try to make me choose between my divine connection and them, I'll cry and say, don't do that to yourself, honey. Because that decision's already made. You got to get like that. You got to get like that. You got to honor it that much. Because if you understand the vital supply and what that connection will do in your life, uh, you know, some people, they value their kids' uh, t-ball practice or their ballet practice more than sitting under where God connected them. Well, my exhortation to you is when you come to have needs in your life, go to the t-ball coach and ask him to help you. You better serve something bigger than yourself. Amen. I ain't even started preaching yet. This is, I'm just, this, is, this is big in me. It's huge for my wife and I's life. Oh, it's huge. I'm telling you, huge. Just, just, just off the charts, huge. So every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part has something working in it. And when God connected me to a part of the body of Christ, he connected me to what's working in it. Woo, glory be to God. There's a anointing working. There's revelation working. There's graces working. Some folk didn't like it, but Pastor Nancy said whenever Dr. Frayne went to heaven, she said, well, Lord, who do I connect up with? She said, the Lord told her brother, uh, uh, the brother Copeland had some graces on his life that she needed in her life. So she's, and he said, I want you to connect. Well, she did. And, and, and look at what's happening. That wouldn't happen with divine, without a divine connection. Every joint supplies. Every joint's got something working in it. I'm going to connect where God speaks to me to connect because he knows better than me what I need to finish my course and to run my race. And it's not always the most popular ministry or the most, the, the most well-known TV ministry. I'm not preaching against TV ministries. I'm not preaching against being popular. I mean, fleshly popularity. Yeah, I am preaching against that. But you know what I mean. But, but it's, it's where God puts you. Hallelujah. So he said here, every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. All right. Come back here to Matthew chapter 10. Look again. He, verse number 40. He that receives you receives me. He that receives me receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet. Now he's bringing this into the fivefold ministry offices. Now, when Jesus said this, there was only the prophet, priest, and king. Now there's the fivefold ministry offices. He, after the cross, when Jesus ascended, the Bible said when he ascended up on high, he led captivity, captivity, and he gave gifts unto men. Whenever he ascended up, he, he brought, and the Holy Ghost fell, the Holy Ghost had gifts for men. Yes. Talking about the fivefold ministry offices. So that's new in the New Testament. Uh, not the prophet. It, it's a new, new, new position of the prophet, but it's, but it's new. Now we've got the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now that doesn't mean everybody doesn't have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about equipment on, on, on people to assist us in the body of Christ. All right. So uh, he receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall have a prophet's reward. Now you look at that carefully. There is a reward for receiving ministries. He said, so he said, there's such a thing as a prophet's reward. What would that be? It would be whatever equipment. Remember we said every joint supplies according to the effectual working of every part. There's something working in that ministry. And whatever's working in that ministry is the reward. The anointing on that ministry. Well, that ought to make you want to know what is in each one of these fivefold offices. What equipment functions in each of these offices. And the main one for us as sheep is the pastor. Jesus said, this is in the, ninth, or the 10th chapter. Go back there to the, 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 the ninth chapter, verse number 30, well, verse number 36. 
When he saw the multitudes, this is Matthew 9, 36, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no apostle. Huh? Oh, as sheep having no teacher. Oh, they need a prophet. That's what they need. No, he said they were scattered and fainted because they didn't have a, the word shepherds translated pastor all through the New Testament. So the pastoral office, there's something in the pastoral office that'll keep our lives from scattering and our lives from being faint. I have ministered to people. I'm thinking of a lady one time called us to uh, minister uh, local, local here in the hospital. She's admitted to the hospital and uh, her, she's physically in a bad condition and uh, when we, sent, when we went up there, we just thought we were ministering to somebody. It sounded like they knew some things of the word. And I'm telling you, we went up there. They had people's books. Everybody, you name them, they had their books laying all around. Wow. They had them all. Wow. Just, and they're open and upside down. And they're looking at them, reading them. Uh-huh. And sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. And not only sick, messed up mentally. I'm not saying that to be hard. I'm just simply saying that they're, they're in a bad state in a lot of ways. Well, you get to talking to them, find out where, where, where do you go to church? Where's your pastor? Oh, I don't go to church. I just feed on all these ministries. Well, that's why your life is scattered. You understand? The anointing and equipment on the pastor's office is to keep your life from scattering. Here, your health is being scattered. Here, your, 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 your thoughts and yeah. so forth and mind are being scattered. And so uh, the office of the pastor needs to be honored in our lives. They, it needs to be recognized for the place that it has in our lives. Well, you're just trying to drop. Uh, listen, I, I practice this. I, I, I have a pastor. Pastor Debbie and I have a pastor. Yes, sir. Amen. Who can say anything to us that she needs to say anytime. Amen. That voice is the highest voice into our life. Somebody said the Lord, the Lord's voice. Yeah, but, but God uses people. And I'm not saying that I just, I just, that's the only, you know, I seek, I call her for direction on everything. But if the spirit of God prompts her to say something and she did, this was a way back in August sometime. She said some things to me in the back room that, uh, there were several of us there, preachers, ministers, and they all thanked me. (laughs) I don't mean I I did anything, but they thanked me afterwards because, because she, 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 uh-huh. Now, now listen to me. Uh-huh. And she's talking to me like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, I needed that. Thank uh-huh. you. I needed that. And I turn on my recorder. I got to catch this. Uh, yeah, amen. Yeah. Amen. I got to No, you can't have it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm going, oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yep, that's you. I, oh, yeah. See, my temperament and personality had colored my approach to something. And I wasn't rising above the personality and entering into the office of the pastor. Come on, come on. And she say, there's a a good chance she saved my life that day. And you might think that's being dramatic. You might think that's being, you know, just trying to really. No, I'm not talking drama. I'm talking reality here. Reality. I had to get a hold of myself. And say, okay, I'm stepping up the, yeah. the, to, the, to the call and to my place yeah. and to speak and give my voice in this situation. Hallelujah. That's irreplaceable. At least that's how I value it. Yes. Amen. What people do with, uh, you know, these, these divine connections and the voice God wants to speak into their life through, that's up to them. That's their business. But uh, I value this. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to just take it home and whatever you don't want, hand it back. I'll just take it home and eat it myself. So this is the pastor. They were, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad sheep having no shepherd. Listen, a lot of people think they need a lot of things whenever actually what they need is a pastor. They need a local church. They need some place where they go and they are fed the word of God and the word of God will straighten out all that 
stuff. But it's not a, it's not a quick fix thing. People think, well, I just want somebody to pray for me. You don't need prayer, honey. You need to sit. <laughs> Amen. You need to sit and listen. Well, I got T-ball with my kids on this service, and I got, I got this on this service, and, and I travel a lot, and I, you know, and I, and I like to go to all these meetings. You need a pastor. And you need to honor it higher than all those other things. Amen. We're just telling it like it is. So his disciples, he said he had compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. A lot of times we hear these people saying these things and their life is messed up. Their life is messed up. Their marriage is scattered. Their kids are scattered. Things aren't right. Things aren't the way God intended that they be. We don't say that because we, we, don't, we don't glory in that. We want to see them blessed. Well, uh, you know, people could misunderstand this. They say, well, you're never to draw attention to yourself. So you don't know me, do you? <laughs> Teresa said to me the other day, was it you? Who was it? Somebody said to me the other day, you don't draw attention to yourself. I said, well, no, I don't think that's what it's about, is it? I don't, I, I don't, I don't need anybody to be happy. Leave me alone. Let me go in the woods. Let me alone. I'll be fine. Be fine. Just fine. He has to get me out into some things sometimes. Pastor Nancy told a story of a lady. She was, she said she wasn't raised right. Her parents didn't raise her right. So she knew as soon as she got married, she's not going to be in church. And so she wasn't. She was absent. But she saw her, I don't know, six months later or something. Hadn't seen her in church for a long time. And saw her in the grocery store and said, the lady came up, oh, pastor, pastor. And, you know, like, like she's a faithful member or something. <laughs> and Pastor Nancy greeted her. And she said, uh, man, she said, I'll I tell you what, I, I just know I haven't been in church much, but, but I'm going to come on Sunday. She said, I know that'll make you happy. Uh-oh. Pastor Nancy said, oh, my joy's not in your head. That's a bad place to store it. Amen. I'm not going to show up on Sunday because you're there. I'm going to show up because I'm called to be there. You being there doesn't benefit me. You being there benefits you. Come on, somebody. (laughs) So, and a few other things she said, but anyway, all in love. But see, people, their, their thinking is squirrely. They think pastor's preaching this because he wants a bigger church. Oh, really? Really? Okay. Whatever you say. All right. So Matthew chapter 10. Did you see that? Hallelujah. Now, are you glad you came this morning? Second Corinthians eleven twenty nine. Let's go over there. Thank you, Jesus. Well, all I need is Jesus. That's a cop out. That's not, that's not even scriptural. We understand he, no man can save you. We understand that. No man can fill you with the Holy Ghost. We understand that. No man can heal. But we're talking about uh, to grow up spiritually. You won't grow properly spiritually just trying to get everything from the head. We've illustrated it many times. If this arm in the middle of the night decided to jump off the shoulder and in the middle of the night reattach itself to the head. You wake up in the morning, do you realize that if it decides to jump, this is hypothetical, of course, but if it, if it, if it decides to jump off in the middle of the night, you know that the nerves that are there to feed that arm, the blood vessels that are there, the, the ligaments and everything that's there, that's in this shoulder, don't go, oh, well, the arm's up here now, let's reroute and go up here. No. The supply, listen to this very carefully. The supply continues to go to where it belongs, not where it is. People say, well, this church is close. I'll just go over here. What does close have to do about it? 
Let's let's think about it. Let's see. First Corinthians twelve eighteen. He sets us in the body according as uh, how the proximity to our house. Is that what it says? <laughs> no, he sets us in the body as it pleased him. As it pleased him. Hallelujah. So the the shepherd has a has a say. Not not the. Not the past, I'm Jesus, the head of the church, has a say yeah. in yeah. where we, we belong. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So where are we? Second Corinthians. Did you find that? Or where did I say? Second Corinthians 11, 29. That's, I got to find it myself. What does it say? Second Corinthians 11, verse number 29. That's not the right verse. It's first Corinthians 11, 29. That's what I'm looking for. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drank, drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, there's two meanings to that. If you read this chapter, it's first of all, the communion uh, elements represent the physical body of Jesus, the blood being shed for our sin and the, and the physical body broken for our healing. That's the first meaning. But if you look at the context, there was... Uh, they were coming together to, to serve the, or to eat this communion, take communion in a unworthy way. And they weren't sharing with those people in the church that didn't have anything and they weren't sharing anything with them. He said, you're not recognizing they're just as much a part of the body of Christ as you are. Just because they're, they're, they're poor doesn't mean they're not saved and not a, a, a part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. But and, and so that's a second part or second meaning of this, that they weren't walking in love with other parts of the body of Christ. And this verse takes it one step further. They were not discerning the Lord's body. Discerning means to recognize and properly acknowledge or honor. So they're, they're seeing these people over here that didn't have anything and they weren't sharing their food with them. And he said, you are not seeing that and, and properly honoring the fact that they're in the body just like you're in the body. And so notice he said this. He said, for this cause, notice the verse number, the, the next verse, for this cause, what is the cause? Not discerning the Lord's body, not recognizing both the, the, the physical body of Jesus was broken for us, but also we are now the body of Christ, the spiritual body of Christ. And we are to recognize and discern our place in the body or other people in the body's place in our lives. Can you see that that could be applied here? So he said, for this cause, because of not discerning the place people have in our lives, the, the, the place that we have in their lives, many, he didn't say a few, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. In other words, this is not a little problem every now and then. He said many. How many is many? Well, it's not, it's not just a few. So notice he said they, are, they will be weak and sickly and many die prematurely. That's strong language. That is strong language. In other words, there, there can be deficiencies in our lives, spiritually, physically, he's mentioned here physical sickness, uh, and in other ways, because we're not recognizing these divine connections. It could be because we're not walking in love with other members of the body. It could be we're not recognizing the place that other people have in our lives. Someone said, well, we're just all family. I mean, Pastor, it's just, we're just all equal. Uh, in the eyes of God, yes. Uh-huh. yes sir. But when it comes to uh, everybody has the same voice into our lives, no. You understand, God, God loves each one of us the same. He doesn't love me, I'm in the ministry. He doesn't love me because I'm in the ministry more than anybody else. Or I don't have any blessings in the ministry that you don't have. Amen. I can be disobedient and not get something that you get because you're obedient. With that in mind, 
that's, that's before God. But how about us relating to one another? Us relating to one another, we've got to discern what place does this person have in my life. Now, we're to honor all, the Bible says, honor all men. Yes, sir. So everybody's worthy of some honor. Yes. We're teaching good this morning. Everybody's worthy of some honor. But not everybody is, is deserving of the same honor. When God calls, when God, it ought to matter to us when God puts us in the body and gives us a divine connection. That is to be a priority. When we grow spiritually and recognize that God had a, a, spe- a specific place in mind for us, that's his care for our lives. We should honor that and recognize that and treat it properly, which we have to learn how to do because in culture and society, honor's gone out of our culture. Amen. You won't learn honor down at the movie house and you won't learn it at the grocery store and you won't. You won't learn it through Hollywood. You won't learn it through government. You learn it through the Bible. Amen. Whew, man, I haven't even got it past 10% of my notes. So uh, properly discerning the Lord's body. So we'll be deficient in spiritual things, natural things, if we don't properly recognize the members of the body of Christ, particularly those God connects us to. Amen. Now come over to the, to the uh, Old Testament. There's an example of this in the Old Testament. 1 Kings 17, verse number 9. We barely are scratching the surface on this. 1 Kings 17, 9 is an example. God said to Elijah here, verse number 9. 1 Kings 17, 9. Go, arise, go the, to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, notice that word there. Oh, that's big. That's big. Now, remember, he's down by the brook Cherith. Remember, there's a famine going on because of the sin of the nation. And, 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 and so he's, God said, I'm going I'm to take care of you down by the brook Cherith. You can drink out of the brook, and then I'm going to have the ravens bring food and uh, meat and, what does he say, meat and bread, I think he said. Um, what, was it twice a day or something? And so he's down there, and God's taking care of him down there, but the brook dried up because of the famine. So God said, that, that's when God said this to him. He said, go over there to Zarephath, for I've, there's a widow woman over there. I've commanded her to sustain thee. I commanded, uh, uh, behold, I have commanded a woman, widow woman there to sustain thee. So... God's basically telling him where his supply was. Oh, man. So, but God is not just taking care of one of his people. There's a place called there for every one of his people. Every one of his people. It might not be where your grandma went to church. It might not be where grandpa's name is on a plaque because he, he bought the pews. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just simply saying, you got to find out from the head of the church. But mama's tears are on the altar there. Well, they dried up. Where's the head of the church? Who, who do you belong? Who, who owns you? Right. Who's Lord of our lives? Yes, then seek him. Find out from him yeah. where there is. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 So what do we learn about this place called there? If you read this story, there was a miracle that took place whenever he got there. So we learn this about our place called there. It's where the manifestation of the spirit is for us. My, my, my. 
in the Bible, we see people receiving directly from God without any man involved. But we also see people receiving from God through another human being. Yes, sir. Both ways are scriptural. And there are times that God will choose to move through another person to bless our lives. Not because he can't do it directly, but because he's honoring the, the order that he established. I don't know if you understand that or not. The order that he established. Uh, and in that place is where there will be things. The Lord said this to me one time. This is the way he said it to me. He said, there are things that uh, I have for you and that I want to say to you that I won't say to you directly or minister to you directly. He said, if I told you to be connected at a place that they have that to minister to you. He said, you'll have to get it from them. You'll have to get it from them. Notice he didn't say everything. He said, there are things. There are things. We all have a fellowship with the Lord. We all have a connection to the Lord directly. We all have, uh, you know, uh, you know, redemption through, through his blood alone and not a man. We understand all that. But we're talking about him ministering all the things to us in this life that he intends for us to have. Yeah. And there are things. I know this, there are revelations I'm walking in today that I never saw in the word of God, but sitting where I belonged and, and, and sitting under their ministry, I'm like, that's what that says. Well, sure does. I didn't see that. And I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't been there. I hadn't been there. There. My place called there. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. I said glory, hallelujah. This is very scriptural. Amen. So when he says here, every joint supplies. When he says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine that we'll be deficient without recognizing and discerning our place in the body or the place others have in the body, that makes this a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I found this. There are things that just won't work right yeah. in life. I, I, can, I can manipulate. I can, I can make my confessions and <laughs> do my thing. But it just doesn't work right until I'm connected right. Amen. A lot of times I'm praying about something and again, he'll deal with me. Turn on your pastor. Yeah. I, this happened to me the other day. Oh, yeah. Just, just what, what's today? Sunday. I think today's glory day. Cause I'm about half cut up, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, Thursday, no, when was it? Wednesday morning, woke up Wednesday morning. I had some things on my heart, strong on my heart. I needed some answers. And I got a prompting to look at something that the uh, service Pastor Nancy had preached and I had transcribed because at the time it was just impactful to me. And I wanted to just sit and meditate on it. No, you cannot have it. <laughs> but but I, I was just prompted to read that. I got my answers so clear and I got a lot of answers I wasn't even asking for. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, that doesn't happen for me. Learn to honor properly. Learn to honor properly. Hallelujah. So really this woman here, she's a, if you read this story, I'm almost done. First Kings 17 is the story of God sending Elisha or Elijah, excuse me, to Zarephath. And this woman, he said, he's commanded her to, to, to sustain him there. And so he went down there and this woman's gathering sticks. He thought, you know, you would think there's a woman down there, man, she's rich. She's got a lot of money. She's going to take care of me. He gets down there and God says, she's the one. Hey, sister, how you doing today? How's the family? Hey, I, I, can you get me something to drink? And so he's, and, and she said, okay. And then he said, by the spirit, he said, go make me a little cake. And it was her. It was the one. And she said, I'm, I'm making our last meal. We don't have anything else. I'm sure Elijah went, hmm. 
His mind probably went, oh, this is the woman that's going to take care of all of us till the end of the famine for nine more months. But he didn't let his head kick in. He just said, go and do it. This is the word of the Lord. It won't, the barrel meal won't fail. Remember that? And the cruise of oil won't fail until the famine's over. And she did. And God did. And he sustained them. Not just the woman and her boy, but he sustained all three of them for, they, they say between nine months and a year. It doesn't say it in the scriptures, but the famine lasted another certain period of time. And, and that, they were sustained. That barrel of meal and that cruise of oil just kept on multiplying, just kept on multiplying, just kept on multiplying. There's a miracle where there was. A miracle of supply. Are you still out there? And so this just fixes a lot of issues. We, we, uh, th- this woman thought she needed food, but really what she needed was the anointing that was on Elijah. That anointing took care of all the other things. But it wasn't just the anointing, it was properly honoring that anointing. Oh, glory to God. Learn to, devi- learn to value, not devalue, learn to value divine connections. Learn to value them over natural relationships. People struggle with that. I've had people get mad at me for saying that, but all I'm saying is what Jesus said. He said, if you don't love me more than you love family, you're not worthy of me. So it's a matter of knowing who's first, knowing who's priority. Spiritual divine connections are, are always priority over natural relationships. <clears throat> Amen. And they took up stones and stoned him. So learn to discern the body of Christ. Amen. God has a place for you. Protect it. There's always a strategy of the enemy against it. There's always, there's always uh, pressure against it in the spirit realm. And learn to know what that is. And don't think something's wrong. No, something's right. You'll have all kinds of opposition, all kinds of harassment and attacks of the enemy, spiritual things coming against you in the nighttime to try to separate you from divine connections. The Lord said to me one time, he said, there'll be more spiritual warfare over divine connections than any other thing in your life. Way beyond natural relationships. Distractions, all kinds of things come up to try to keep you from being there just the truth. Amen. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of the word this morning? Thank you, Jesus. You can stand with me. I think it's a good place to quit. Hallelujah. Second Kings four, eight through 10 is a passage of the great woman of Shunem where Elijah was going through repeatedly and uh, this woman recognized, she said to her husband, I perceive this is a, a man of God, a holy man of God. She said, let's build a little, really, we'd say an addition on the house, an apartment or something, an, an addition just for him to stay there, excuse me, when he passes through. Notice that this place, Shunem, was a pass-through place on his way to somewhere else. Because apparently there's, a, there's a, a town somewhere between Elijah's house over in that town and some other town over there that he's ministering, that he's being received so well that he goes there often. It says she, he passes by here continually. So he's, he's on a regular circuit of going to that church over there. And Shunem was a pass-through place. That's where he got a hotel every time. Right? Until honor perceived, she said, I perceive. Till honor perceived what was in him, who he was, and honored it. Then it stopped being a pass through place and it became a place of miracles. Ooh. Has your life been a pass through place? Seems like God passes on by to bless somebody else. 
You can change that. You can change that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've seen per- people after, uh, I've seen person after person, both through our connection with Brother Hagin, through our connection with the Dufresne, Dr. Dufresne, now, now Pastor Nancy. I've seen people after people, they didn't see the, what's in them. They didn't see the treasure that's in them. And they did devalue them, didn't, show, didn't put out any money or anything to be at their meetings or anything. And, and, and counted them as unimportant. And they sit in the meetings as if they weren't even there. Eventually, ah, ah. Everybody else thinks this is something I ain't. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. It's the dishonor issue. I, I, can, I can go for months on one meeting sitting under Pastor Nancy's ministry. For months. I'm getting so much going on in my spirit. Glory to God. It's an honor issue. I said it's an honor issue. I don't want to be a pass-through place. Anybody else can say that in here? I don't want to be. I want to be a place where something stops the move of God at my house. I mean, God puts their blinker on. He gets them off the highway. He brings them right down my street, right to my house. Got something for you. Got something for you. I was driving through and the Holy Ghost came on me. I don't doubt it. Come on in. We've already got dinner ready. We know you like fried potatoes and cornbread, and here it is. You can eat and prophesy. (laughs) Hallelujah. People do what they want to with this. You can do what you want to with it. I'm just telling you how it's blessed our lives. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your help. Thank you for the the word of God. These things are precious to us. Father, they're they're life-changing. Teach us to honor those that you put in our lives. show, Show us who that is. Lord, if it's somewhere here or if it's somewhere somebody, we want everybody to be connected where they belong. And Father, those that, that, uh, that struggle in the area of properly discerning and then properly honoring, Father, I understand that. I've been there. I ask you to help them and be merciful to them. Help them to see it like you've helped me. Father, I struggled. You know how I struggled with it. You know how, Father, my thinking was wrong and you had mercy on me. Have mercy on every one of us. I'll give you all the praise. Lord, you're only trying to bless us in our lives individually as you uh, show us where our connection is and teach us to honor it. We thank you. We see it right. We choose to see it right. We choose to step up to what the word says and be doers of the word. We bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Well, I got out maybe uh, 3%. I got a lot of good things in my notes, but we, I believe the Lord helped us to say some things. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Lift your hands and give him praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. When Dr. Dufresne came to Effingham, Illinois at a camp meeting where God had set, we had been there many times preaching there, but when we came here to pastor, they had some other guest ministers. Dr. Dufresne came as well as some other guest ministers. And so the pastor that we knew so well down there, he said, why don't you just come and just sit in the meeting? I said, I'd love to. I don't know if I've ever sat in more than one of Dr. Dufresne's meetings. Don't know him much, but I'd love to. So we went down there and we were enjoying the meetings. Pastor Debbie sang, brought the healing anointing down on Dr. Dufresne. He started ministering. The Lord said to me before the, uh, uh, when they were doing the uh, greet everybody, greet your neighbor kind of part, <laughs> the Lord said, go over there and invite Dr. Dufresne to come to your church. Well, I barely knew him, but Jesus must have known him. Yeah. <laughs> must have known there was something for us in that connection. And I said, I said, yes, yes, sir. And so he said, do it right now. So I had to hurry over there. You know, that time can't be very long all the time. Shake your hand, shake your neighbor's hand and be seated. So I said, Dr. Dufresne, hello, I'm Pastor Jay Everly. You don't know me. I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I pastor a church up there. I was saying it real fast, you know. I said, and uh, I'd like to invite you to come to our church sometime. He said, oh, I'd love to. You got a card? I said, no, I don't. I'll go get you. It's time for everybody to sit down. I said, I'll get it and get back to you. So I'm sitting there. I said, Lord, I obeyed you. He said, there, it obeyed you. He, he said, you obeyed me. Now it's going to save your life. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden yeah. I got a little sober about this. Yeah, sir. 
Woo. Yeah, yeah. See, you think I'm just preaching to you. I'm, this, is, this is me right here. Yes, sir. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Uh, somebody said, didn't that scare you? No, it, it made me thankful. It saved my life. And so I said, uh, and I got the information. Anyway, he started preaching. He's 10 minutes into his service. He's ministering under the anointing. Pastor Nancy, uh, Pastor Debbie had ministered and brought the anointing down. He's ministering. And then he starts preaching. He's 10 minutes into it. And he said, yep, yep, yep. He said, where's that pastor? That pastor that invited me to come. I raised my hand. He said, I'm coming to your church. Like that. Divine connection. I'm telling you what. They came into our lives, later Pastor Nancy, I didn't know Pastor Nancy, came into our lives, and our life in every way you can imagine took off. It was amazing, but we properly honored it. We gave gave deferential. We deferred. We We preferred. We conferred. You ought to go look those words up. Those are all honor words. And we, we properly recognize. And that changed our lives. Changed our lives. So, you know, these things people say, well, what are the motives for somebody saying things like that? Uh, I genuinely have a motive to see you blessed. If that's here or if that's somewhere else, get where you belong. I talked to a man the other day. He goes to a good church here in town. And he's so hooked on it. He's so blessed. I said, I'm so thankful for you. That's where you belong. I'm so glad you're going there. Amen. And, he, and I just, it's not about a church or a person. It's about where God, the head of the church, puts us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.